Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. I'm Jason Abrams, and this is the place where we lift the curtain on the world of real estate like never before. Every week, I sit down with visionaries, pirates, and mavericks. We're here to document, demonstrate, and most importantly, demystify their game-changing models and systems. What secrets propel them to the top, and how are they living their dreams? This is about passion, it's about strategy, but above all, it's about real, tangible success. So buckle up and let's dive in. This is the Millionaire Real Estate Agent Podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm joined today by Montez McRae. Now, if you don't know Montez's story, let me give you some insight. This is a young man out of Maryland who walks away from a $100,000 accounting job months after getting the job, which comes just after graduating with the education to do the job. Now, why does he walk away? What happens next? How does he become a published author and mega real estate agent all within 24 months? That's what you're about to hear. Friends, buckle up. You're about to experience Montez McRae. Montez, how are you, sir? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I am fantastic. First of all, thank you so much for doing the show with us today. We really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on your platform. I literally, I listen every week and I leave with gems, Kimberman, Keedy, Gary Keller, Mo Anderson. I'm just really honored to be here. Like uh, I should be sending you a check just for me being, that's how honored I am because like I listen in the car and it's phenomenal. Truly. Thank you for saying that. The honor is all ours. And this is interesting because you're you're an author and a real estate agent. So we're going to talk about all these things. But I want to talk about your story. I want to get the journey because most of us kind of fail into the real estate business. Your story is a little unique because compared to many, you were having wild success, but chose real estate. So Montez, start start with university. Where Did, did you go to college? So, yes, I did go to college. I went to uh, Goucher College in Towson, Maryland. And so it was very important for me to get an education and go to school. Both of my parents, they uh, they didn't really have the opportunity to pursue higher education in terms of going to college. So it was just super, super important that I went and I succeeded at a high level. So I actually ended up graduating from uh, Goucher College with a 3.75 GPA. Wow. And what did you major in? So I studied business with a concentration in accounting. Cool. So, gosh, in accounting, that's so interesting because when I think about accountants and then I think about your natural personality, those things don't feel congruent to me. <laughs> yeah. And so that was kind of like the disconnect once I got involved uh, in it. It just it was very mundane. And so eventually that led to me actually getting terminated because uh, I just didn't like the mundane nature of the job. And I really wanted to do something where I saw the fruits of my labor more. And I just saw like the direct impact that I was having on other individuals' lives. Okay. So you come out, you get a job doing accounting and, and that's mm -hmm. actually going well, if I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I was making 100K right out of college, you know, because uh, being as though I did graduate at the top of my class, I had several offers on the table. So, you know, that was it was a true blessing, you know, making the most out of anybody in my family at like 20, 21, because I graduated like half a semester earlier. So so it was a blessing, but it just, you know, your heart has to be in it. Like I've had several mentors tell me, just do whatever you're passionate about and work on being the best at it. That's interesting. Okay. So you're doing the job, you're making the hundred grand. I'm assuming you're elevating your lifestyle because coming out of college and making a hundred grand, you must have felt like the richest person on the planet. I did. I did. I was like, man, nobody can tell me anything <laughs> until, you know, the bills and things started rolling in. It's just because you like you make quick, fast decisions, especially when you're young, you see your friends doing doing certain things. But again, you have to just think and take steps back and realize that everybody's life isn't the same. You know, I may have had the friends that, you know, had the fancy cars and got the fan, like had the fancy apartments. But what I didn't realize is that their parents were helping to subsidize those things for them. For me, my parents, you know, they, they just couldn't do that, you know, to help subsidize the fancy car, the, the fancy apartments, because they still had things that they needed to take care of on their own. So in hindsight, you know, making some of the decisions that I made, I may not have done them if I would have took a step back to analyze things for what they are. Kind of like the same thing that we say at Keller Williams. Sometimes you see the people who have mega mega teams, but you don't know everything until you see the books and that you see the profitability sheets. All the glitz and the glam, everything that's gold doesn't glitter. I, I love that. Is there any specific purchase that comes to mind? Yes. My brand new in 2020, I didn't even start working my job yet, guys. I went with my offer letter to go purchase this car and they gave this young 20 year old a brand new. I feel like it was yeah, a brand new because it was 2020. It was like almost uh, 2021. They gave a young 20 year old man a 2021 Range Rover with my offer letter. <laughs> Get out. That's a, first of all, beautiful choice on that. When you you must have felt like a million bucks driving out of that dealership. Oh, I did. I did. Oh my God. And it was gray, all black interior. I mean, it's, it's a, it was a stunning vehicle for sure. That's great. Okay. So now you're driving the Rover. It's great. You're crushing it in the accounting business. You're making the hundred grand. What happens next? So I started that job like December 1. I also hung my real estate license December 1 as well because I spent all November prepping, uh, you know, to get my real estate stuff in order. And I wanted it done prior to me starting my job because I knew that that would be an obligation as well. But I did also know how robust the real estate industry was because I had friends involved in it. But long story short, after leaving work early for uh, three months to get to do open houses, to do showings, to meet with clients, doing team meetings, doing lunch. They just felt like my performance was lackluster, which it was. And I went into work one day and my key card did not allow me into the building. It was red. And I called my manager and she said, yes, I'll be down to meet you. And we met in the office and... You know, that was pretty much it. I didn't have too many options. And so it was at that point, I cried for a little bit, but I decided to bet on me. Can you imagine? 
Can you imagine walking into your office and then your key card doesn't work? And in that moment, you realize, uh oh, this might not be my office anymore. For most of us in the real estate business, we're the owners of the company. But if you've ever worked with somebody and you've been issued a key card, you know that that is a palpable fear. Add to that, and here's what Montez says in his book. He says, my mom loved the fact that I had landed a dream job in corporate America. She advised me to stick it out until something actually hit, quote unquote. So this is interesting. A lot of people have someone in their life that wakes up each day with the best of intentions, that thinks that the world culminates when you have a quote-unquote dream job. Here's the problem, though, for some of us that are wildly unemployable anywhere else. If you look up and say, I just have this desire to be me, this need to actually go and create. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a company of one. I can't help it. I need to build something. But you're stuck. And some of you are stuck. And here's what you're stuck in. You might be stuck in the idea that life is linear, meaning that you've went through all these steps and it's culminated with this job. You have to ask the question, is this how I want to spend the next 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of my life? And if the answer isn't hell yes, then friends, let me tell you, it's hell no. Because if you're not excited about what you've chosen to do for the next gosh knows how long, you can make the choice. Now, Montez's mom is right. Be purposeful. Make the choice once you have something better. But Montez, in this case, the key card doesn't work. Talk about ripping the Band-Aid off. Friends, you deserve to be doing something every day that wildly excites you. That's the truth. Okay, so you leave work that day, you get into this Range Rover, which probably now has to feel completely different, I'm just guessing. Oh my God, the payment's $700 a month. Oh my God, yeah. So Okay, so do you go tell your folks? So, I did. I mean, because, you know, I still live with my parents at that time, so, you know, I didn't want to hide anything. So, I mean, my, my mom is kind of like my best friend. So, yes, I told her and then she was just like, her eyes got big, like, oh, my God, like, what are you going to do? Because I had just bought her a pair of uh, red bottoms, Christian Louboutins, just like as a thank you, mom, for everything. Because, like, you know, she picked me up and take me from school uh, when I didn't have a car. So just like, here's like something nice, like a token of appreciation. And, you know, I had a sign on bonus and stuff. So, well, uh, you know, uh, yeah, hiring bonus. So, yeah, it, it was tough. And so her eyes just what are we going to do? <laughs> what did you decide? You know, I just took some like reflection time because I mean, of course it's like, it's like a shocker. It's like, Oh my God. Like, yikes. It was a shocker. So I decided, you know, I'm just thinking I had two deals under contract and I think I would have made about, I would have made a, a good, a good chunk of change if I was able to close these two deals. Right. So I had got fired on Monday the home inspection for one of the deals was on Wednesday. So I tried to like rally myself together. Like maybe I can make this real estate thing work. Maybe I can do it. It's fine. Let me keep pushing. I go to the home inspection for that buyer on Wednesday. The dad comes to the home inspection and just blows the inspection up. So that deal falls apart. We sent a release the next morning. We sent a release the next morning. And then I was a new agent too. And then the dad was kind of like picking me apart like, and your agent lets you put an offer on, in on this. So that felt horrible as well, because, you know, it, it was a flip. It wasn't the best flip. 
like the, the craftsmanship of the flip wasn't done, but the client really, really liked the house. So, you know, of course I said, hey, we, we'll have a home inspection contingency. But the, but the dad basically picked me apart too. Like, oh, why would you allow my son to put an offer in on this? So, cool. But I'm like, okay, you know what? That terminated on Thursday. I have a listing and we're under contract. We can make the, I think I can do it. I think I still can do it. We got two offers on that listing. And basically what I found out, what I found out was that there was, permitting and violation issues on that listing that listing did not end up closing until seven months later wow so gosh okay so everything that was going to be the bridge to this new life sort of collapses yet you pick yourself up and you keep going and this is that it factor. Now, Angela Duckworth in her book Grit talks about this as the missing component from those who have wild success and everybody else. Tim Grover in his book Winning says the exact same thing. There are just some people that no matter how hard they get hit, they're going to get up. Heck, Rocky Balboa in one of the greatest movie lines ever says life is not about how hard you can hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and still get up and keep going. And that's what Montez faced early in his career. I mean, right out of the gate, he ends up with this giant block in front of him. All the deals he's doing aren't working. Anybody who's been in the residential real estate business, heck, any sales business knows what this feels like. Here's what I've learned from interviewing all sorts of people on this show. Every single one of them has faced wild adversity in their life, some to the extent that you can't even fathom it within your own framework because of the circumstances they got dealt. And you know what? There is an inner strength that pulls them through it. You each have that inner strength. Whether you call on it or not is the question. Here's what I believe. Every single one of you listening within the sound of my voice has an amazing amount of grit. You have something inside of you that keeps you going. But here's the deal. It's like any other muscle that you have. It only works when you work it. And so doing hard better, that's the goal for all of us. It's not going to get any easier. Spoiler alert. It's only going to get harder. The practice isn't going to become easier. The games aren't going to become easier. The competition isn't going to become easier. Life is about doing hard better. And that's what Montez said. I get hit, I get knocked down. I look around, then I get back up. Now, he got up because he didn't have any other choice. Do you? If you actually go through life and you believe that there's no other way than to get to the next side of the river that you're trying to cross, I promise you, you will cross it. Don't allow yourself to be lulled into a sense of comfortable, which might keep you sitting on the banks watching the river go by. It was a really, really tough time, but I linked on my team leader at Keller Williams. We did role play, script practice. I shadowed top agents. I did three open houses, three to four open houses every week. And that allowed me to learn the areas and learn the neighborhoods. I had a mentor prior to me getting involved in uh, before I even got licensed, before I passed the test. And he was just like, know the areas better than anybody else. Be able to add more value than anybody else provide more resources and things of that nature. And then that's how I started to craft what I call my five-star value proposition. So I know my five-star value proposition on the purchase side and on the sell side. Okay, so talk talk me through this, this idea of five-star. Let, let, what does it actually mean? This is one of the things in, uh, in it right now for my buyers. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Buyer, just want to let you know, I'm a top 100 Merlin real estate agent. 
It's important that you know that the top 20% of agents do 80% of the business in this marketplace. So what does that mean? I'm in, you know, Baltimore top 500 and I'm in these exclusive groups. So what does that mean? If you tell me that you want a house in Owens Mills, Maryland right now, I know the top five listing agents in that area. And I'm pretty sure I could call and get you an off-market opportunity right now or maybe get you a sneak peek into something that will be exclusively coming to market soon. So we can either maybe have an opportunity to put an honest offer on it up front, or we could be one of the first people to see it because they will let me know exactly when it's coming to market. Right. And then to add furthermore, it's not always the offer that gets the deal done. It's your representation because listing agents, they want to work with a good agent that they know is going to properly guide their client through a transaction. And why is that? Because somebody can offer you a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand over ask price, but if the deal doesn't get to the table, the monies are never transferred. So that's why representation matters. Are you? Yeah. And then I would just say, yeah, based on that, okay, well, you can sign here and then sign there, and then we can start this process. So there's there's this leap though that happens between being a new agent and being able to speak as confidently as you are about the value that you provide. It sounds like you took trial by fire doing four open houses per week when you were starting mm-hmm. out. Was was that the bet you made that you that's how you were going to get through this? Yeah, and then like I said, I think Phil Jones coming to Mega Camp to speak was instrumental because often as new agents, it's not that we don't know what to say, we don't know how to say it, or you just might not know what to say. So just getting the reps in and meeting people every week and able to practice and just see different personality types, that really, really helped. You have to get your reps up, but you also have to learn the scripts and learn the dialogue. So is there a trick to doing these open houses to have the kind of success that you do? Because if we continue on the story, how much money did you make that first full year in real estate? My first four year, it was over 200000 Okay, so this is like the feel good. This is the redemption part of the story. This is this is when Rocky gets up right at the end and keeps fighting. You go from a hundred grand steady to two hundred thousand switching careers, and then the next year you do even more than that. What's the secret, my friend? The secret for me, um, I would say amazing customer service. So right now my team, I have an operations manager. I have an executive assistant. Uh, I have a transaction coordinator and I have a few showing partners as well that, that work with me. So building a really, really strong customer service uh, aspect to my business. And just the fact I really love all my clients. I just try to think of innovative things to do for them. Like, for example, and I'm a big connector. A lot of people want to be in my network. So I'll give you an example. I just had a younger attorney client. She just passed the bar. I just like, I adored her. I thought she was amazing. I was like, I want to help you. I want to find a way to help you. Like, how can I help you? Even though I'm not an attorney or in the law field. I have an older attorney client. He's 20 uh, 20 plus years in the law field and he's wildly successful. I was like, listen, I may can't personally do anything for you, but I want to connect you with him, right? Because he was where you were 20 years ago. So I know he can help you avoid some pitfalls or, uh, you know, some different things that you're going to experience. So my value to you, I just want to connect you both. I want you both to have a conversation because maybe some of the things that he can tell you 
will save you or help you make an additional 50 to 100K next year or help, may help you own it, uh, to own in your private law firm that you told me about that you want to do sooner or later. So that's just what I want to do for you. I love that. So there's three things here. There's amazing customer service, there's loving on your clients, and then there's connecting people to people that can help them. Let's go to number one. I understand that you have an organizational chart that's all conspiring to provide this service, but what does amazing customer service mean to you? Yeah. What does it mean to me is working my hardest to answer the phone. And I had to, you know, as, as, a, as a professional that wants to be the best version of myself and show the best version of myself. I had to in install some boundaries as a recent, like, so I know like, you know, 9 a.m. That's when I'll start answering the phone. And then I'll probably stop answering the phone at seven to seven thirty, And I just let the client know I need that reset time, right? Hey, I might want to take that time to be with my family so I can wake up tomorrow and just be reset and refreshed. But, you know, I definitely want to be available for them during those hours. But hey, if I can't answer, I have an operations manager that will call you, you know, that, that'll typically get back to you within two hours as well. And so I have a, uh, I do a WhatsApp chat. And so the message will ping to all three, three members of my team. So somebody will get back to them. Communication, communication, communication. We have to remember that this is one of the largest transactions that someone will ever make in their life. I don't want to go a full 24, 48 hours and nobody says that they, they weren't able to get an answer. And then sometimes even if it's late, it's just, hey, I'm with my family right now. It's 8 p.m., but I'll contact you back first thing at 9 a.m. It's just that. that. No, it's, it's smart. I mean, look, the truth is people want to work with other people that actually have lives. This idea that they want us as hostages to the transaction isn't real. People do business with people they like, and it's impossible to like somebody that is unhappy. So you have to put in these sort of boundaries. Let's go to number two, loving on your clients. This is often said, but very seldomly explained. So when you say, I love on my clients, what does that mean? Yeah, so I had a client. She just wish she just bought a hundred thousand dollar house, not with me, with another realtor. But oh. she decided to give my team a chance because her other realtor uh, just never showed up. Didn't come to the home inspection. Sent them out with showing agents, and um, you know, just didn't show up. And I get leverage to a certain extent, but. If I can if I don't do the showings, I at least want to go to the home inspection because I want to put my I want to put my eyes on the house once and then I it would at least want to meet the clients then. You know, but I have it all stream I have it all like really streamlined to where as though it still does seem very personal and they're getting amazing service. But I at least want to do one or the other because I want I want to do it too because I want them to let I want to let them know that I care about them. But anyway. The other agent, she said, just didn't show up. And it's like almost a million dollar home purchase. So that is luxury in my area. And she just didn't see them. So she decided to, I got introduced to her through my contractor. I went over there, secured, secured the listing. But anyway, as we were preparing the house for sale, she got sick. I told my ops manager to send uh, a, a get well basket to our home. So it may have cost me $30, $30 but it just showed her, it was just another step in the direction showing her that you are loved, you are seen, and we care for you. I love that. I as love a that. human, and we care for you as a human, not just somebody who, yes, we're going to make money off our home sale, but no, I care about the fact that you're sick. I care about you as a human. 
It's fantastic. And we, and we already covered connect them. So what, what I'm hearing you say is I'm going to offer amazing customer service, which comes down to setting reasonable boundaries and then over communicating. And we're going to do that through group chats and we're going to do it through conversations. But no one's going to wonder what we're doing because everyone's going to be communicating. Then number yes. two, loving on your clients. This is going to be more human more often. And you're going to go the extra mile to show people that this isn't business. This is relationship. And then the third one, you're going to connect them. So you wake up every day. And if I get this wrong, tell me. But you wake up every day thinking about the people that are patreon your business. And you ask the question, how can I help them get the things that they want, which ultimately will help me get the things that I want? Absolutely. This is the kind of thing you write a book about, which you did. So why did you end up writing? First of all, what's the title of the book? Tell the people. Got it. The title of my book is The Young Professional's Guide to Making an Impact as a First-Year Real Estate Agent. Okay. That's a mouthful, but it's such That's a good so book, man. I mean, I, I read it and then I found myself like laughing during it because I we've all been first-year real estate agents. Why did you write it? Why did you give that gift to the universe? Yeah. So for me, initially, I did not want to write a book. And it's funny, my mom, who did not want me to get into real estate, is the one who wanted me to write the book. And I really had imposter syndrome at first because it was just so much noise. People saying, oh, well, you know, he won't never have a, another year like that. He was just only successful because of COVID, you know, and me maybe thinking like, oh, well, maybe they're right. You know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe maybe this was was a fluke, but because I don't know, I'm still younger in, in my career and my mindset is younger. It's not as strong. You know, it, it took time to build like, you know, strongholds over my mind. And then I'm still young and impressionable. So I just told myself, you know what? I wanted this book to be a form of representation for other young people uh, who wanted to get involved in this business because I didn't see a lot of successful African-Americans, nor did I see someone in my age bracket that was successful as well. So in some in some way, I would say I feel like a little bit of a pioneer because still 24, you know, I and sold over 78 houses uh, last year. I've sold over 80 houses this year and then 35. So, I mean, that's over 150 homes and, um, you know, in the course of three years. So, but I just, I wanted to be a form of representation so people could know that it could, it could be possible if you dedicate yourself. Montez, why do you think you don't see more African-American young success stories in the real estate business? It's, it's hard. It is very, very hard. I had to mature a lot faster there's certain things that my friends post on social media. I can't post because I realize that my page and everything is being judged and I'm under a microscope. It's a certain way I had to dress. It's a certain way I, you know, have to present myself and talk. You know, you have to be the complete professional. And then for me, I when I got involved in this business, like, hey, these are the things that I have counting against me. But hey, he here are another area of, of skills or, or different areas of improvement that I could utilize to, to be the best version of myself to kind of nullify those things on the other side, the noise. So it was very tough. It took a lot of innovative planning and thinking. And, it, you know, it just takes it's tough because it's just a certain way I have to carry my carry myself. I can't do what other 24 year olds do. And that's tough sometimes because I'm 24. But I just can't do it if I want to run a business to this magnitude. 
I get it. I love it. Friends, it's wildly clear to me, if you are a newer real estate agent or any real estate agent, and you don't have the number of customers and clients that you would like, there's no reason you can't do three to four open houses a week. Go to where the people are. Once you get them, it sounds like you got to have a value proposition. Amazing customer service, loving on your clients and connecting them to make their life better. That's not just a service experiment. That's a mission. It's as much of a holy calling as any of I've heard, Montez. So congratulations. You not only found you during this journey, you've helped me find me. And that, my friend, is part of the calling. So we now get to invite you into the lightning round. Now, you know how this goes because you're a fan of the show. We're going to ask you a series of quick questions. We want the first thing that comes to your head. Montez, are you ready for the lightning round? I am ready. (laughs) What is your favorite color? Blue. What is your favorite food? Pasta. Stop the lightning round. Dude, pasta is so good. Now, but you got a lot. You could, you could go penne. You could go spaghetti. You could go a regular parmesan. You, you could go bolognese. What are we talking about here? I feel like this is going to sound simple, but I, I love like a good spaghetti and meatball with oh. parmesan on the top and like give oh. me like a nice like bread on the side. There's never enough parmesan, my friend. Not for what you're describing, and and that's I'm in with you on that. All right, back into the lightning round. What is your favorite sound? What noise do you love? Hmm. What noise do I love? Like a nice ocean. I was in Puerto Rico last week, so like the ocean, like when I went on the balcony, that was pretty cool. Love that. What's your favorite movie? Hmm. Loving basketball because I played two years of college basketball. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Uh, second person to say it, by the way, on the show. Okay. And when you listen to podcasts, and you don't have to name this one, um, although it would obviously be the answer, is there a podcast out there that you really enjoy that you'd recommend to other people? I've got so much value from this podcast. I love Built How, Empire Building. I've just started uh, listening to Empire Building. Gary Keller's master uh, podcast as well. So many amazing podcasts. I love Rants and Gems. Oh my, it's just so many. They're so good. I, but all the ones you mentioned, but I stopped the tape. All the ones you mentioned are great. Bill Howe is fantastic. The Empire Builders, you know, we, we've had Sarah, we've had Kim. That's fantastic. Literally all the ones that you mentioned. I, I love all those. How about a book? Is there a book that you've read? Doesn't have to be the one you're reading, but is there one that you've read that you would say, y'all got to read this one? Of course, the MREA. But that for me, if I'm being completely honest, MREA, it didn't resonate 100% with me until like year two in my business. So I tried it when I started and it was very tough because it was like, you know, as a new agent, I'm just looking for what what I can do. It's still an amazing read. But when it really hit was my second year and I read it from, from cover to the end. And it made a big difference in my business. And it literally has everything in there. So MREA is everything's in there. You know, every it's come up now a few times. And every time it does, I get emails from the people listening that are like, what is that? Friends, that's the millionaire real estate agent. And it was written by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. It's the namesake of this show. If you haven't read MREA, it's as valid today as the day that it was written. That's what I'm going to tell you. Montez, that is everything. Sir, thank you for everybody that you helped. But most importantly, thank you for everybody that you will help. You, sir, are a credit to the entire industry. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. 
Well, there it is. That's a story that has it all. I mean, from the key card not working to the deals not coming to fruition to then finding redemption within his sphere of influence to doing four to five open houses a week, now building and scaling out a real estate team, that's a story of a person on a mission. And by the way, his story, although absolutely unique to him, is not unique within our industry. I hear stories like that every day. That's why we have Rookies of the Year every year. Here's what Montez says as he's closing out his book. He says, give it your all in all that you do. I believe that as you seek out God's plan for your life, that you will see him work miracles Do not be discouraged if no one is cheering for you. He's always in your corner. Other than him, your biggest advocate is you, and don't forget it. I would sooner destroy a stained glass window than try to improve on that art. But here's what I believe. I, too, believe in a God. I believe that she made me an entrepreneur. And the moment that that happened, there was a fire that was set within me. And no matter what the road ahead was going to look like, it was going to appear to chaos to everybody else, but seem perfectly linear to me. I also believe many of you have the exact same gene. You see, the residential real estate business has always been at the absolute top of the hierarchy in sales businesses to own. And the reason for that is because we purvey what ultimately becomes the backdrop of people's lives. You see, homes that people live in, they're different than any other commodity that you can sell. Nobody curls up at night with their stock and bond portfolio, but they all do that in their home. And the same kitchens that we laugh and cheer in are the same ones that we cry and wallow in. And that's why the theater of people's lives is their home. And when you become part of the system that pervades their homes, you have become ultimately part of their life. And that's why real estate is different. And that's why real estate agents are different. And friends, if you don't get it, then you don't get it. But if you do, then you know you just heard not a unique story, but another amazing real estate story. I want that for all of you, friends. Go out and find the thing that fills you up and gives you energy every day, because only you, as our friend Molly Fletcher says, can set your energy clock. And here's what I know about Montez McRae. His energy clock is set and the alarm is about to go off. There it is. That wraps another episode. Friends, I don't know what you're taking out of this. I really don't. I'll tell you what I want you to be taking out of it, which is these are the people that are having tremendously big lives. And the reason it's happening is because they're setting up the models and systems to do just that. Gary Keller told me that leadership is teaching people how to think so that they do the things they need to do when they need to do them, so that ultimately they get the things they want when they want to have them. And that's what I want for you. You're all leaders, but it begins with leading ourselves. If you're enjoying this podcast, I want you to click the subscribe button anywhere that you get your podcasts. We want to be the voice in your head every single week, and every week we're dropping new content. We also send out a newsletter at the conclusion of every show to make sure that you get the highest points and the models and systems that were discussed. So if you want to sign up, I need your name and your email address. Head over to the millionaireagentpodcast.com. 
millionaireagentpodcast.com. Enter your name and your email address, and every week that newsletter will be in your box. Friends, you just went on a journey. I hope that what happens between now and the next time we meet is absolutely wonderful for you. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. The views, thoughts, and opinions of the guest represent those of the guest and not KWRI and its affiliates and should not be construed as financial, economic, legal, tax, or other advice. This podcast is provided without any warranty or guarantee of its accuracy, completeness, timeliness, or results from using the information.